1: Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker, sponsored
0: by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. On the voice
1: of St. Louis, KMOX. From the KMOX Newsroom, Michael Calhoun, good morning.
0: Hey, Ryan, good morning.
1: You're going to be participating as part of the mayoral debates next week. That's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, it's going to be Tuesday night on Fox 2 and on KMOX, live at 6 p.m. Do you have your outfit picked out? (laughs) I I do. After the pandemic, I had to to go into my closet and say, all right, what's going to work here?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, normally when there's a big day like that, some people prepare ahead of time. I was just going to pin you as someone that would have prepared. You know exactly what you're going to be wearing for because it's a TV and a radio. So it's Fox 2 and also simulcast on KMOX at the same mm-hmm. time, which is super exciting. It starts six o'clock Tuesday next week, commercial free. And the two candidates for mayor will be on stage answering questions, not only from media professionals and journalists, but also from the people, because you can go online and submit questions and things like that. What do you think the hot topics will be next week?
0: Oh, just by judging by some of the feedback we've gotten and you know the issues that we cover on a weekly daily basis in the newsroom crime of course in the city of St. Louis from multiple perspectives from the um, you know the people who live in the city they have this stuff happen on their streets all the time their kids are walking through it to go to school to St. Charles County Steve Elman will tell you that the perception and the reputation of the city affects him as he tries to go and recruit businesses for St. Charles County because they'll say well you're in St. Louis mm. right So uh, crime alone, from multiple different perspectives, uh, has a big impact. Uh, And then you can take a look at education, perhaps. Is that something that goes along with crime? Mm. You could take a look at the development that's happened in the city. We've had multiple years of billion dollars of development. Um, Just a wide spectrum of issues.
1: Yeah, there's a lot. I I was starting to write down some things I was curious about, if you want to hear a few of them. Um, Because whenever a new mayor comes in, we just heard the Jimmy Edwards news story Mm -hmm. about him. Uh, resigning at the end of the Crewson administration. So what are their views when it comes to public safety? Uh, Chief Hayden, for example, came in and they went through a big nationwide search. Eventually they decided to put Chief Hayden in, someone local. Is there any thoughts about how to handle that side of the policing? Because I think that's always a hot topic in St. Louis. Which other- is
0: interesting at the transition point because Sam Dotson, right after Lida Cruson was elected, mm-hmm. Chief Dotson
1: resigned. Right, exactly. And then
0: we saw Interim Chief O'Toole for mm-hmm. a while and then we saw Chief Hayden, as you just mentioned. And that was a
1: big search, you know, and mm -hmm. people were really wondering what was going to happen there. And that big question, you know, when it comes to policing. And another thing I wanted to know about, and I know we've talked about this before, but there's always the lingering thought of a city-county merger. So Mm -hmm. if they think that there's going to be more cross-action with the county, or would they like to see something like that brought back up in the future? Which is interesting, better together as obviously done and gone, but that
0: Board of Freeholders... Mm-hmm. has all of the county members appointed to it, and no city members because the Board of Aldermen has held them up yep. for over a year. So that whole process is kind of at a standstill, although there have been recommendations, for instance, on policing, how the two departments can cooperate more, mm-hmm. uh, health departments. It, it it seems like it's trending more in the what are some specific ways we can work together as opposed to the better together, yeah. let's just merge the whole thing kind of Approach,
1: Yeah. And with Mayor Cruson coming out with a list of things that she would like to see done when it comes to spending this coronavirus money, the new COVID bill that was put through, new mayor comes in, maybe they have a different vision because the money comes in different phases. So maybe 12 months from now, their vision is they want to spend the money somewhere else. So what would that be? When and they you- got to
0: stay within the parameters of... This is the COVID relief bill. Right. You can't use it for potholes as much as <laughs> yeah. the city may need to use it for potholes. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, they are talking about abandoned buildings and things, so that would be in line with the potholes in a certain way. You know, Mayor Cruson um, was looking at some of the different issues with the. You know, when you drive in for a Cardinals game and you all you see is blight, that's not great for the city. So at or least if they you know. Live they next to it.
0: an abandoned building where people are hiding guns, and <sighs> selling drugs, yeah. and.
1: Oh, yeah. When you watch a debate, who are some of your favorite moderators? Because we've gone through a lot of debates and we've gone through presidential debate seasons and primaries and things like that. Who are some of your favorites?
0: Oh, wow. I haven't thought about that. <laughs> I like the ones who get out of the way, yeah. who let me hear, who, who have a, um, you know, a well thought out, constructed question so that the candidates don't meander, so mm-hmm. that they've got something to target toward mm-hmm. in terms of a specific answer. Uh, and then you just get out of the way. Yeah. And listen to them. And follow up if necessary, if there's either another topic that deserves delving into, or if there's something that they didn't really get into specificity on and uh, you want to clarify. But, yeah, otherwise.
1: Do you think this will be like the Trump-Biden first debate where they talk over each other, or do you think this will be a little more civil?
0: I don't think so. I think it'll be civil. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I think I think we'll have a... Um, An informative night, not just Mm -hmm. for people in the city, but as you mentioned, folks who want to drive in for a Cardinals game may think to themselves uh, everything from where am I going to eat to is it going to be safe? Uh, And then obviously the issues that that are faced by the folks who work and live Mm -hmm. in the city. So uh, I think it'll be of interest to a lot of people. Yeah, Hopefully useful for a lot of people.
1: Where am I going to park? Because they're thinking about, well, how far do I have to walk and what am I going to encounter on that walk? Is what a lot of times, you know, it's a night game. People uh, get nervous. Public transportation, Metrolink, people wonder what's going to happen there with the security of it all. There's so many questions up in the air right now. This This is a
0: shame. St. Louis has such uh, amazing, it's starting from such an amazing point, Uh, more amenities and resources than other mid-sized cities this level have and I love traveling and going to other places, maybe not in the last year, but mm-hmm. and riding their train from the airport to the downtown and going to you know stadiums and 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 checking out that experience and so we should have that in st louis we've got uh, beautiful buildings, an amazing downtown, but it needs to be safe
1: for people in caves. I wonder if caves will come up, probably <laughs> not no caves okay and you're right about the tourism side because a lot of people are wondering how we 're going to bring people back in and we of course Struggling with the coronavirus and the restrictions that we have, but still, we want people to come in here and enjoy the city. How is that going to look? In Maybe the staycations
0: future? might be the the key. If people aren't leaving leaving town, mm-hmm. convince them to take a weekend at the Union yeah. Station, for instance.
1: I don't know how you're going to fit. There's so many topics, in, and this is the first debate. It's on Tuesday, 6 p.m. Television on Fox 2, KMOX will be broadcasting it live. You're going to hear it uninterrupted, so commercial-free. You'll be able to really get a pulse of where the candidates are when it comes to uh, the mayoral position here in St. Louis with uh, Tashara Jones and Kara Spencer, both of them on stage. Michael Calhoun will be there, I'm sure looking good because you have the outfit ready to go. And
0: <laughs> people should tune into the radio
1: version. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Calhoun from the KMox Newsroom, thanks for coming on today.
0: Thanks, Ryan. Use both your KMox presets when you're in the car.
1: 98.7 FM near the city, and 11:20 AM further out. Two buttons for KMox, the voice of St. Louis. recommendation. Great way to put those together and to good use. I look forward to hopping in my car tomorrow and taking a listen and seeing how the KMOX FM sounds. Really looking forward to that. And if you just missed it, 98.7. It just launched here tonight on KMOX right as we started the show at 11. We had the CBS National News. We had Maria give the newscast. And then here we are now. Live on 98.7. If you're within the city limits, it's pretty easy to hear it. If you're outside of that, 1120 is going to be better for you, or the radio.com app, always a good way to do it. Got a few things I wanted to bring up real quick because more endorsements start to come into the two mayoral candidates. I wonder if that's going to play a factor for Kara Spencer or also play a factor for Joshara Jones some of them are wondering um jones on saturday won the backing of the ethical society of police which represents black police officers she previously was endorsed by the firefighters institute for racial equality known as fire F-I-R-E. I i guess that works um spencer had a door-to-door campaign with firefighters on sunday supported a union-backed pension measure overwhelmingly approved by the alderman and vetoed last month by mayor Cruson. Uh, You know, and this is from the Post-Dispatch. They talk about some of the different ones that are coming in. It makes you wonder uh, how much of that is going to make a difference for all of this. Char Jones, of course, when it came to the number of people and the percentage of votes came in, she was the number one. But when you can vote for more than one person, how many of them specifically put her at number one? Well, majority. I mean, that's why she's there. The most, I shouldn't say majority, but the most came in for her. So what does that mean for this election? Is there enough for Kara Spencer to change things? I don't know. I think the debate will be fun to listen to on Tuesday night. I'm actually looking forward to hearing it here on KMOX in six o'clock. It'll start Tuesday night. You heard Michael Calhoun talking about it. Probably better to listen to it on the radio, (laughs) but that's how I'll be listening to it. And well, I'm sure we'll talk about it on Tuesday night too. All right. Uh, I wanted to bring this up real quick. Spending of the stimulus money. Post-dispatch also did a write-up on this. And they just talked to anyone that would want to talk to them. It kind of sounds like a whole other story, if you ask me. It sounds like something Kevin Klein would go out there and start to gather information on. What are you spending your stimulus money on? And it's amazing. About 158 million households will receive up to $1,400 uh, $1, per person as part of this American Rescue Plan Act that was signed on March 11th. And then it started to hit a week later. I mean, I don't know why so many people were complaining about this, but signed on March 11th, some people started getting the money that weekend. And then by the next Wednesday, March 17th, less than one week after it was officially signed, then most people started getting the direct deposits in and people were upset. Why did it take six days to get? Come on now. But people are spending it. I don't know if you noticed this, but if you were out shopping this weekend, It was crazy. I don't know if it was just a mixture of nice weather and people were pent up. Maybe just people had a lot of money. We had the in-laws in, and I already talked about this last hour, but we had the in-laws come in to visit, and part of it was, oh, let's go shopping, right? They want to go in and do this or do that, and what a mistake that was. So there were people everywhere, everywhere was packed that we went to. Restaurants were packed. Shopping centers were packed. The roadways were busy i mean really abnormally busy for the time of day we were traveling uh if you wanted to get a reservation at some of these different attractions we looked at okay maybe we'll go to the zoo no nope, booked up we'll go to the aquarium no nope, booked up go to the butterfly house no nope, booked up everything was booked up you couldn't go anywhere you had to get it well in advance you couldn't just decide that day this was a uh, saturday we were looking at you notice that so how are people spending their money some people are spending it on bills Some people are spending it on debt. Some people are spending it on stuff. Like, for example, in this one, they said that the money's going to go towards their 14-year-old needs new running shoes, some expensive shoes. I am cheap. You know that. I don't like to buy shoes. I like to wear shoes down. If it was socially acceptable, I would take the plastic off of my used um, uh, bags that they put our bread in, like the Wonder Bags, and I would just wrap that around my feet and walk that around. That's an old Simpsons gag that I just screwed up, but you get the idea. But, you know, some people are using it for rent. Some people are using it for just anything, treating themselves, catching up on bills, uh, food for the kids now that gas prices are going up and through the roof. Maybe they need to save it for gasoline increases because thanks, Biden administration. What about people buying appliances, maybe washers, dryers, fridges, things like that? cell phones. I've seen people put it on computers. It's just anything that you've been holding off. Big purchased, uh, big ticket items. People are just saying, you know what? This was my opportunity, my open window. It's money that I didn't anticipate having. It's money I didn't necessarily need for a lot of people. And this may sound pretty harsh when we put it this way, but there were a lot of people that qualified for this and didn't technically need this money. Still working, still uh, making a living, whatever. But Part of it, too, is trying to help some of the businesses. Maybe they wanted to go out and spend it in a way to help some of their local businesses. Hopefully, they found it in a way to help those in the community. Maybe help a local restaurant, give a nice tip, things like that. Uh, But, you know, overall, I saw that it is a good thing that people are out spending money. I was at Walmart on Friday in line waiting for the checkout, and there was a lot of people there. And there was a woman in front of me in the self-checkout because all the other lines were, I mean, so long. Turned around and said, oh, they all got their stimulus check, didn't they? Look at all of them wasting their money. (laughs) She's laughing at them. She's like, they had to go out and buy something right away. Had to go spend their stimulus check. And there I am purchasing a thing or two in Walmart just like she is, just like the rest of them. I guess I didn't go out and buy everything. because You could get electronics, things like that in Walmart. Seemed to work pretty well. All right, so when we come back, we're going to take a look at the weather. And I had an interview from this past week that was so good. And Sunday nights, I try to replay some of the moments from the prior week. Daniel Ponce de Leon is a pitcher for the Cardinals. He joined us to talk about his book, One Line Drive. It was such a great conversation. I really, really, really enjoyed it. And if you missed it, I think you're going to enjoy it too. I've listened to a lot of his interviews. I think he's been on with every one of our hosts here on KMOX. I think a big part of it has to do with he's really friendly to publicize this book. And I booked him early February. So we waited like over a month for the interview and we had him on. And I know that since everyone was talking baseball with him, some people touched on a big theme in his book, which is his faith in one line drive. I wanted to only talk about his faith for the most part, because I am someone that is not a huge sports fan anymore. Used to watch sports, just don't get into it anymore. So Daniel Ponce de Leon is joining us right after the break. I think you'll enjoy it. It's Overnight America, KMOX. Facebook joining us now is Cardinals pitcher Ponce de Leon. Daniel Ponce de Leon in his new book, One Line Drive. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us tonight on Overnight America.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on here, Ryan.
1: So I'm not a big X's and O's guy. I know you've talked to all the sports people on the radio station. So the the part about your faith in this book really resonates with me. And the book One Line Drive, which people can find now, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because there is so much that goes into your own personal story and how God changed your life in so many different ways. When you go back and think about it and and you write about it and you put it down into words, it's got to be overwhelming for you to just realize and and recognize all the way God has touched you in your life.
2: Yeah. Um, you you know, when you're writing a book, especially in these times, you, you got to use precise wording. I'd say, um, And, um, you know, you want to convey the message the right way. And um, I just want the message to be that, you know, God was there for me, especially in those times when I needed him the most. And um, he answered prayers and answered many other people's prayers for me.
1: Yeah, and I realize that while you want to be careful, do you feel you were afraid you might stray someone in the wrong direction by some of the things you were saying?
2: Uh, I didn't want to come off as hypocritical or... um, yeah, pretty much hypocritical. And um, so I wanted to live the way I spoke. And so I wanted to make sure everything was correct in that way.
1: Great. I'm sure your family members, your friends see that in your life, though. They probably recognize some of the changes in your life as you grow stronger in your own faith. And hopefully you find a a nice support system and people around you that um, maybe even are encouraged by that.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've built—I haven't personally built up, but uh, you know, throughout the years, my my uh, per- support system has been built up. You know, it always started with my father. He was the one that started my like introduced me to the faith, and then, um, and then you know, as you start going to church and stuff, then you know, you start having a church that you call home. And so I have the church, and then also we have, um, you know, the team. I have guys on the team I could speak to, as well as um, you know, we're in little text groups that I can always go to. So I have these different people in my life that I can always
1: go to to find some wisdom. Mm, Very good. So I'm wondering too, and part of your book, you talk about going through college, you talk about draft and how that works. In some cases, a team could show interest, then not show interest. And then later they can show interest again. You talked about going back and finishing your senior year through college. And I don't think people necessarily realize what it's like to be a ball player if you're not in the major leagues. You talked about just trying to make a living in, in the minors, it's very difficult to make a living just on your own playing baseball. And I'm glad you wrote about that.
2: Yeah, very difficult. Uh, In the minor leagues, I would say most of the guys have off season jobs as well. And it's tough to find, you know, a job for just a short period because then you would have to leave and then go back. So, um, you know, there's, you know, you you have to have like two or three different jobs while you're a minor league.
1: Yeah, there was a, a city I worked in, Lima, Ohio, and I don't remember what the league was. It was a team there, and they would always look for host families for the players. It was that kind of a small type of league. Did you ever have to live with another family during any of your uh, growing as a player?
2: Yes, uh, I had one at State College, and um, the host family w- was very, very gracious with us. I stayed with another player, too. He hosted two players, me and uh, Kyle Grano, where we uh, roomed together, and, um, you know, he was awesome. And we lived close to the field, too.
1: Isn't that something? You don't realize these things if you have no idea how the system works, that there is even host families that do that sort of thing. And it's all part of the journey. And I, you even talk about, the things you would eat during that time, what the organizations would offer up. It's not the biggest Marcus board you can imagine.
2: Oh, no. Uh, Especially in the minor leagues, you're piecing together whatever you can. The first year in state college, you know, the pregame meal was tortilla with peanut butter and jelly and some goldfish. And, uh, (laughs) you know, there wasn't really healthy options. Or it was like the, the tray of meats that were already kind of lukewarm at the time as well. You know, they came out cold, but they'd been sitting there a while. Just was not appetizing.
1: As a professional athlete, someone that really has to keep their body in shape. Is it difficult when that's the type of food you have access to?
2: Oh yeah. I I every season for in all the minor leagues I lose, you know, anywhere from
1: seven to fifteen pounds, depending on how it went. I think my six-year-old son would find it appealing to live only on goldfish. I think if we allowed him, he (laughs) would do that. Uh, The book is out now called One Line Drive. Daniel Ponce de Leon is joining us, uh, Cardinals pitcher. And if people wanted to find your book, where can they go?
2: They can go to onelinedrive.com. That would take you anywhere you need to go. Or you can go to Amazon. Uh, That's probably most people's way. Or uh, if you'd like to go to stores, Barnes & Noble's would be one. So, uh, you know, you have a, a wide array of options.
1: Sure. Part of the book is after the the, the the moment in your career where there really was a scary moment just a few years ago where you were you hit off the bat, you got the ball, and they rush you to the hospital. And one of the interesting things you talked about was – praying and, and saying you want God to use you in the way that he, you want him to use you. And you've used that kind of uh, tone in your book a couple of different times. You want to go in the direction that God is moving you. And you don't know where that is, but you want to submit to him. And I I found that so authentic. And I loved hearing that because I think so many people, even listening right now, have been in those moments where they tried to force certain things and they tried to do things what they thought was the way, but really they should have opened themselves up. They should have prayed about it and they should have been open to the way God was pushing them in that right direction. And it seems like you've had a couple of those moments in your life
2: yeah 100 percent. yeah uh, you hit that right on the nose um you know you 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 always try to like earn your way to do things and uh we got to remember that jesus already did the job you can't add or take away from it so there's yeah. that salvation part but there are works that you do need to do and god will open these doors for you and uh you, you just got to step through it really and um yeah that prayer that i did pray it's uh it's a scary prayer. I always like, you know, when I, it, it comes up at times in my heart to pray, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm kind of scared to say it, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I can take another blow to the head.
1: <laughs> I know what you mean. Well, it, it, it happened to me, too, in my life where I did a prayer like that, and things were not going great. And I was, you know, not happy where I was. And this was just before I moved to St. Louis. I was doing radio in Indiana. And I just wasn't happy. I I knew what I was doing wasn't something I wanted to continue to do, but it was a paycheck, you know, and I didn't want to give up on that without there being something else. And one morning I was with my son. He was, I think two at the time. And we just did our morning prayers. And I said, all right, whatever you want, God, I'm going to do exactly what you want to do. I'll I'll, uh, submit fully to you. And it was that morning I got fired. And you don't realize those things at first. You think, wow, that is terrible timing. You, You don't think that. But if you submit, And you know that God's got you covered. It was exactly the right timing that the opening here at KMOX started. And I was able to apply and go through the process that I wouldn't have been able to do unless I didn't have a job. And ultimately, I moved here and I got the position. And I I look at that and think there's so many times in people's lives where they're afraid to submit because they feel like, you know, there's no safety net there. But there is a safety net. And it's an important message. I'm so glad you write about it. Yeah, dang,
2: that's that was, that's a crazy story right there.
1: It's amazing. Fair First, it was right there, and you, you got to be careful what you pray for too. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I, uh, I I already think about some prayers I prayed for, and I, I like I, I ask God like, hey, can you please ignore that one? You know, cause I, I have some prayers <laughs> that I regret. Right.
1: You know, I think I saw an interview you gave to KSDK, and they said even while you're on the mound playing a game in between pitches, you'll you'll say a prayer. Is that right?
2: Yeah, sometimes um, when I'm getting too—when uh, when the emotions start taking over a bit more, I'll step off like, Lord, please help help control me, control the spirit, please, as I get going a bit, and uh, that's not the right way, mm-hmm. I, I believe, to play, so I don't want to play that way.
1: Yeah. Did you have any uh, hesitation in opening up and talking about your life in One Line Drive?
2: Um. Well, I had hesitation to write this book. I didn't really want to write the book, and um, you know, it took some convincing from a bunch of different people, and, um, and mainly all the people who reached out to me uh, said how they affect how I've affected them in different ways. So, so then once I, I agreed to the book, um, I, I I had it in my heart that I I just come out raw. I like come out with everything I could. So this comes as truthful and um, as opening as it can be. And hopefully we can affect the life that way as opposed to, you know, trying to make everything seem all nice and dandy.
1: Yeah. And that's tough sometimes because they look at it and they say, oh, look, you're a professional ball player. It seems like you got the Cardinals uniform on. This is the most wonderful thing in the world. And I understand that any professional athlete, any player, they're, they're people, too, and they have their own struggles and things they're dealing with that you may not understand. it, it uh, they You may see them go out there and make a wonderful play, but off the field there may be things that they're battling, too, and it's encouraging to me. You said that you talk to other players and you're able to share your experiences with them, and I'm, I, it sounds like, too, there are a lot of other players of faith that you've been able to connect with.
2: Yeah, um, Cardinals are known for the, having the faithful team you know leading it with wayno he he runs the walking with wayno twitter where he reads through the bible and i actually do that same read through as well and i have my own little group that we're doing so it's me my wife my dad and my sister and my aunt all in this little group and we kind of follow the reading and keep each other accountable there and um uh yeah these kind of the cardinals though we got many uh many other guys of faith on that team
1: yeah, and your dad—you mentioned just there. So, how has he been important to your life when it comes to encourage you in your faith? Because it sounds like he's always been there. And I don't know if you've ever gone through moments of your life where times have been, you know, where your faith, your faith has been tested, and maybe the support from your dad has helped you.
2: One hundred percent. He's always been there. You know. Anytime uh, there's something bad that's happening with my life, and, you know, my dad's sometimes not around because, you know, I'm somewhere across the country, you know, I'll get an email from him and he'll say, D, I prayed for you, and uh, this was on my heart, and then he'll send me scripture of of whatever came to him at the time. So and I've had, you know, multiple emails from him throughout the years of times he's built me up. And not only just faithful things, but he's he was there for me as a dad, you know. He he was at every game. He coached me as much as he could and when I was a kid. Um you know, when I needed money in college, you know I had no money. To eat. I asked him, like, Dan, can I get a hundred bucks, please? I need some food." He was there, gave me some money for food. Um, you know, he he was there for everything. And um, I think dads are very essential in kids' lives. And and that that showed me how important it is for a father to father his
1: children. Yeah, One Line Drive is the name of the book, and Daniel Ponce De Leon is joining us. And as a Cardinals pitcher. You got to go to other towns and look at the home crowd. Cardinals fans are the best, aren't they? Yeah, one hundred percent. (laughs) They are. Everyone says that. Yeah. I mean, even the the traveling teams. Anyone that has played for this organization that finds themselves playing somewhere else, they'll say, "Ah, the Cardinals. They were the best. They they just love it." I'm glad that the organization is there, and it, it sounds like they They have a nice support structure as well to be able to encourage you with uh other people like uh you know Wainwright, you mentioned being inside of the organization. I don't know if other teams have that or if it's just a cardinals thing maybe maybe they do, and I just don't know much about the structure of other teams.
2: yeah, there might be a couple other teams with some guys coming back, but we definitely have one of the most historic teams and um you know th- and not only that, but the players keep coming back and helping out, and that's nice because. You know, nothing better to hear than from an old, older player that's been through and done it before. You know, that's that's what you call wisdom.
1: Yeah. You know, I was curious, uh, you you wear number 62. Is there any story behind that? No,
2: that was the number they gave me. And I actually switched to number 32 this year. And yeah. there's no story behind that either, other than <laughs> me dropping 30 points, really.
1: <laughs> it just it doesn't matter. You didn't have a carryover number from when you were younger that you had to have, or did you have any players that you just love so much you wanted their number
2: well the problem is that the cardinals have so many retired numbers that you have slim pickings you know and um you know all the all the good numbers are really taken i was number 14 for most of my career in different sports and i'm pretty sure that one is retired and um i um, think any any
1: kid uh Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say any kid that gets up onto the mound or they're just playing in the neighborhood, they always have that player that they want to be like, "Oh, I'm going to be so and so." Was there one player you watched growing up that you always wanted to you always wanted to be?
2: Um uh, I'm not sure about growing up. I I watched basketball more as a kid, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Kobe Bryant guy. Um Sure. But um, the pitcher that I modeled myself after, uh, throughout you know my younger days was Roy Holiday. I always wanted to throw a sinker and a cutter and a big old curveball that he did, and so I modeled myself. I even had his windup for a couple years, uh, and um, he was my guy. Yeah,
1: that's cool. Uh, you know, I've never really asked this from a guest, and I feel like it's okay to ask you this if you don't mind, but since uh, a lot of your book, uh, One Line Drive, talks about your faith. Um, would you like to say a prayer for our country, for our city on the show tonight? Oh, yeah. Uh, you want me to say it? I would love for you to do that.
2: Okay. Um, well, man, that, this would, there was this Billy Graham prayer that I read, and it was a prayer for the nation, and it was a beautiful prayer. But, um, yeah, I could pray for us.
1: Great. Uh, okay.
2: Father, we come to you together, um, even though it's through the phone, um we're two in spirit right here and we pray to you lord that that you help uh, you help the christians out in this country help us stand up for who we are and be proud be proud of your name jesus and i pray lord that you help bless bless those who call on your name in jesus name we pray amen
1: amen that was nice thank you uh so the book one line drive Daniel Ponce de Leon, again, if people wanted to find your book, which you talk about a lot of your career, but also how faith plays into it, where can people look for your book?
2: You can look for it on Amazon.com, Drive.com, and uh, Barnes &
1: Noble's. That's great. I really enjoyed the time. And like I said, I'm not an X's and O's type of guy. I I do enjoy watching baseball, but, uh, you know, I I watched a lot of hockey growing up. I was a big hockey fan. And I I love talking about faith and how that impacts people. And I'm so encouraged to see this book and the, the different impact it's having on people's lives. And being able to come on tonight, I really appreciate the time, Daniel. Thank you for coming on to KMOX.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And thank you again for helping me share my faith and our
1: faith, really. And um, Yes. Anytime. Hopefully, anytime. Hopefully we see each other one day. I hope so, too. Uh, Daniel Ponce de Leon joining us here on Overnight America's book, One Line Drive. Make sure to check it out. And if you're someone of faith, um, a Bible believer, go ahead and get that book. He joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. This is Overnight America KMOX. Overnight America with Ryan Recker is sponsored by
0: Michael's Flooring, the Flooring Experts. MichaelsFlooringOutlet.com.
1: On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Wow, we only got a couple minutes here, but what a fun show to be the first radio show after KMOX launches on FM on 98.7. So if you're inside the city, you can catch it on 98.7. If you're outside of the city. Probably 1120 a.m. or the Radio.com app still going to be the best ways for you to listen to it. HD radio as well, but still find details. You know, you can go to camox.com and read up on it, maybe get a little bit more. But this is also the day Dave Glover is moving over and doing a show, 2 o'clock later tonight. Pretty excited. I know there's a lot of people excited to hear what that sounds like, myself included. Looking forward to it. If you miss it, you know, radio.com rewind. can get it there. Quick baseball story I was going to talk about with Ponce de Leon there. Part of his book was, I I don't have it in front of me, but he was drafted by the Chicago Cubs. He was called in to do an MRI, and then the Cubs told him that his arm was too weak or something, or something didn't look right in it, so the Cubs dropped him immediately. They cut him. And it just goes to show you how heartless (laughs) professional sports can be. And didn't even give the guy a chance. He was young. He was a junior in college. Still had another year. Luckily, the college brought him back. He was able to do that. And then eventually, uh, the Cardinals organization picks him up. And what a great thing that has been and a great fit for Ponce de Leon. Let's compare that to one of the other winners in the Chicago Cubs organization. Drafted back in 2014. Camargo Corales, 25 years old, had to appear in Eagle County court on charges of including unlawful distribution of methamphetamines and oxycodone, both one uh, drug felonies, uh, class one drug felonies, as well as charges of unlawful possession of each drug, class four drug felonies, not looking good. He was on 70, stopped in his BMW in the morning probably not great now as you heard the story about how difficult it is to make it in the minors luckily with daniel Ponce de leon selling meth wasn't part of the equation and look at him doing well for himself now i love seeing that and colorado waiting for what's going to happen next that pretty much uh kills his career doesn't it when you get caught selling meth out in colorado yeah i would say i'd say that's about does it might be uh might find another career path. All right, well, that'll do it for us here on Overnight America. We'll be back again Monday night at eight o'clock. And I'm looking forward to that time. Otherwise, uh, have a great night. We'll see you soon. Bye. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law,
0: it is essential that we conclusively. Sports.
1: That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word